all that you do. We hope that you know how much we love you and how much we appreciate you. Now, uh, today as we dig into our text, we're going to be digging into our scripture series, and our series is called The Middle. And I think we can all identify with that. You'll also notice I've kind of changed the angle just a little bit, uh, just simply because of the, the plexiglass here. And right now it's just with us, but we needed to do some testing for that. Um, so the middle has been a series we've been in. And today, as we've been talking about what it looks like to be in the middle, what does it feel like? Well, you know, and I know what it feels like to be in the middle. Basically, we've had to learn how to live in transition. We've had to learn how to live our lives in transition. My wife's a school teacher. She had to transition from in school teaching to teaching her children online. She's had to deal with parents who've had to transition into teaching their children. So, so there's been those kind of transitions. Many people had to learn how to cook again. You know, they had to learn how to cook because they were eating out all the time and all of a sudden the restaurants are closed and now you're learning how to cook again. Now we're learning how to transition back into the world of restaurants, right? Life as we knew it has been turned upside down. We've had to learn how to worship differently. We've been worshiping online and uh, we've had to find a way to worship God differently than we normally do. It's affected every aspect of our lives. And so all of our lives have been affected. And as we look at our world, we've been in this situation for a while. COVID-19 really changed every aspect of our lives. And it's nowhere near normal. And we've already decided we don't think we want to go back to normal because normal really wasn't working. We want a new normal. We want a normal where we love each other better, where we love God better, where faith and family matter more. We want a new normal that, that is going to help us learn the lessons from the past. So as we look at this, we find ourselves now in the middle as a church. I just basically was begging people to tell us if you're coming or not because we're in the middle. We don't know, do we need three services? Do we need two services? We don't know if you're going to show up or not. We don't know if you want to show up, but you can't show up. We don't know any of those things. But what we do know is we can prepare and we can do our best to get ready for whatever that looks like. When we begin to reopen our city, I live down near the beach, and man, it's been crazy. And I've seen people giving the police a lot of mouth. Just because they can't go to the beach and the signs say the beach is full. People still drive down there. They park in places they're not supposed to and then they yell at the police. And it's like the sign said the beach is full. The sign going over to the beach where the officer is says it's full. We don't know what that looks like and so we're trying our best. We don't know about our city, our county, our state. How does this look? How do we gather back together as a church community? We've got smocks for the nursery workers. We've got gloves for, uh, for the nursery workers when they're changing the clothes. But we know that you really can't wear gloves all the time because of cross-contamination. So we can't have a bunch of people showing up with gloves because that means you only care about you and nobody else. And so I can't do that because you'll be cross-contaminating everybody else but you. I've seen people eating chicken McNuggets with gloves. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's true. They're sitting there and the thing, they're eating chicken. Like the glove didn't touch whatever you touched. Come on, man. You know, but 
So we're learning, and, and today we're looking at the biblical character of Paul. And if there's anyone, anyone who knows about transition, it's the Apostle Paul. That brother went through some stuff for Jesus, but he had an even more powerful transition in his life, and that transition was his transition to faith. He got knocked off his high horse. You can read that in Acts chapter 9. But what I want you to know is that Paul faced unbelievable hardships serving Christ. Yet he was peaceful and content in all circumstances. Paul faced all of those things and yet he was peaceful and content. You say, Pastor Mike, how can I be peaceful in this? The answer is the Bible says that by petition, through prayer, that you can petition God, make your prayers known to Him. And the Bible says He will give you a peace that passes all understanding that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The key is in Christ Jesus when you're in the faith. So the current situation we find ourselves is like anything we've seen since 1917. And 1917 didn't have social media. 1917 didn't have the medical advances that we have. We've never seen anything like this. So when we look at this in the past hundred years, we've had people who've lost loved ones. We have people who are losing loved ones right now. We have people that are on ventilators and we're not sure if they're going to come out. We have people who have gone to their jobs not knowing if they're giving their life for their job. We have people facing life-changing circumstances because of COVID. It's changed and they're not sure they're ever going to be the same again. So we have people who've lost their businesses some people have lost their businesses. Their business is no more. Even though there's going to be a reopening, there won't be a reopening because this business has shut them down. We've had people who lost their jobs. We have people who've lost their livelihoods. We have people who are taking their own lives because of the isolation. They couldn't do it, man. They couldn't be alone. They couldn't do it anymore. And we're hearing stories of people who are taking their own life because the isolation is too much to handle. Now that's bad news. That's bad news. So, so how do we, better yet, how will we, not how do we get through it, but how will we get through it? The answer is we're going to get through it through big picture living. Big picture living is how we're going to get through this. We must live with the big picture in mind this is a season this is not forever we have to put that in our hearts we have to understand that keeping the big picture in mind can provide peace in the chaos knowing it's not going to be like this forever it can provide contentment in uncertainty it can provide the contentment that's necessary in the midst of this uncertainty and so so we have to look at how, how do we do this how do we keep big picture living in mind how do we do this well let's look at the apostle paul's life you see paul overcame a dark earthly past for a bright heavenly future he overcame a dark earthly past for a brighter heavenly future 
And some of us have overcome a really dark past. And some of us right now, you're living in your dark past. But I want you to know that big picture living tells me that Jesus has a brighter future planned for you. He said, I came to give you life and give it abundantly. The enemy comes to kill, rob, steal, and destroy. So Paul in Philippians, he says this, if someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh. I have more. Paul says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zealous persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Paul says this, my life got right. My life got right in the midst of this. Paul says in the midst of this struggle, God opened my eyes. And I'm asking you, during COVID-19, during the coronavirus, during this, has God opened your eyes to the things you thought were important are not important anymore? He says, he says what's more, Whatever were gains to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness on my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith, through faith, through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Paul said, I have overcome that past for a brighter future in Christ that isn't just in this now, but it's also in the future, in heavenly realms. So Paul said, I now know what it's like to have death defeated by Jesus. So I'm no longer afraid of death because I know that death can't keep me. Paul, he wasn't perfect. He had a, a past life of religious persecution. He he, he let religion turn him, to, him into a monster. Have you let religion turn you into a monster? Some of us have. Some of us go around, Jesus changes our life. We forget our past and start judging everybody around us, forgetting that people need God's grace. And you at one time needed God's grace. And this just in, you still need it. Religion became... His God, and he viciously persecuted the church of Jesus Christ, and he had to overcome that past. He had to overcome that past behavior. Maybe some of you during this, this crisis have mistreated other people. Maybe you're ashamed of that behavior. Why don't you repent and change now? Repent to God and change. You say, how change? One day at a time, big picture living. That's how we change. Some of us are not proud of the way we behaved or are behaving. So stop. Do a 180. Don't do a 360 because you'll land right back where you were. 
Stop doing what you're doing and change. Start today. Do something nice. Be kind. Pray. Here's an idea. Start praying today. Start reading the scripture today. Start reaching out today. This will help us get back on our feet. It's big picture living. you got to let the past stay in the past. And you know what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past can change. The past is not going to change. Your past and my past is not going to change. But our future, our present and our future can change. And God's in control and you're in control. So keep in mind, we're in the middle. This isn't the end of the story. Stop living like it's the end. Start living like you're in the middle. And this is the beginning of something special in the middle. We've got to stop living like this is the end. It's just the middle. You get to write the end. What's your story going to be? Is your storybook ending? Is it going to be a storybook ending? Is it going to be a story worth telling? Or is it going to be a tragic ending? You get to decide that. I get to decide that through big picture living. We can make peace with our past. How? Repent. Receive forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Learn. Grow. And move forward. Listen to me. Don't miss this. You can now be content, not filled with contempt. You know what happens when you're filled with contempt? You despise everyone and everything. And you'll never be content if you're filled with contempt. When you're filled with contempt, you don't see the good in anybody. You don't see big picture living. You live in the rear view mirror and you have a sense of entitlement. We must choose contentment. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it has taught us what you thought was important was not so important anymore. What you and I put our value and what you and I spent our money on, what you and I spent our time pursuing, we have learned that those things are not as important. And here's another thing you learned. You can live without it. It's amazing what you can live without when you don't have a choice. I'm going to let that set for a minute. It's amazing what you can live without when you don't have a choice. But now you have a choice. What are you going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? Listen, if there's anything we've learned, don't let that become important again. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Don't let that become important again. Let the things that are more important remain in the position of importance. What's the next thing we do with big picture living? Paul didn't let his proximity in prison prevent his purpose. I know you like all the P's there, right? Paul didn't let his proximity in prison prevent his purpose 
Paul didn't let where he was determine if he was going to live his purpose or not. And you and I, we can't live there. We can't live and say, well, since I'm here, I'm going to not live my purpose. You have a purpose, and God has a purpose for every hurt, for every pain, and God can even use this circumstance. If you don't believe me, you need to read the book of uh, Genesis. You need to read Joseph's story. There was a famine in the land, and Joseph had been saving up, saving up. And then Joseph says in 50.12, Genesis 50.12, What was meant for evil, God has used for good so that many lives will be saved. Philippians, Paul says this, now I want, he says this, he says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul is in prison. He is in, <coughs> not COVID. <laughs> it's just I'm trying to preach hard up here, all right? <laughs> now, I want you to, and it ain't easy. I've got, I've got about six people, thank you, Jesus, you know? Uh, but what has happened is, he says, has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul said, my proximity in prison is actually advancing my purpose. It's not preventing my purpose. It's advancing my purpose so much so that the palace guard, the guys who are watching me, the guys who have me on lock and key, my enemies even know that I'm here because of Jesus. He says, and the people that know I'm here are strengthened. My other brothers and sisters are strengthening and they're preaching the gospel with more power because of my proximity. I want you to know right now that your proximity can still help you to advance God's purposes. It doesn't have to prevent God's purposes. Paul wrote many of his letters from prison while in chains just simply for preaching about Jesus. Paul was stuck in the middle and rather than give up, rather than give in, rather than quit, Paul chose to allow his proximity to advance his purpose, not inhibit his purpose. What are we going to do with our proximity? Many of us feel, feel like we've been trapped in a prison through this. Can't go anywhere, can't do anything. Maybe it's a prison of fear. Maybe it's a prison of hate. Maybe it's a prison of selfishness. Maybe it's a prison of shame. Do not let your proximity prevent your purpose. Do not let your proximity prevent your purpose. Take your story and use it for God's glory no matter how gory. What was meant to destroy you, what was meant to divide us, can bring us back together and we can become even stronger than we were before. Perhaps through this experience you have found your divine purpose. I'm going to say it one more time and let it set. Perhaps through this circumstance perhaps through you finding yourself in this proximity you have found your purpose 
But it only happens through big picture living. Big picture living. Big picture living. Where do I go from here? I'm in the middle, but I'm in the middle. It's not the end. Paul, he goes on. And Paul, listen, it's not easy. It ain't easy at all. Because during this time, Paul was hurt. You see, Paul was betrayed by people claiming faith, yet he wrote of love and forgiveness. Some of Paul's closest people that he thought he could count on in the clutch, he thought people that he knew that he knew that he knew. To put it in 2020, the people he thought that were ride or die were more ride than die. Paul found himself alone. He writes in 2 Timothy 1.15, You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Philagius and Hermogenes. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want nobody writing my name down there. Paul included some people's names in the eternal record. I just want you to know that everybody... Everybody deserted me. Oh, and Philagius and Hermogenes, they said they were ride or die. They were more ride than die. Listen, Paul was betrayed. You may feel betrayed. Maybe the people that you thought you could count on are not the people you can count on. But there are people you can count on. But the first person you need to count on is Jesus. Because Jesus is, on, is, is in the clutch all the time. Jesus is the one I'm passing the ball to to make the winning shot. Jesus is the guy I'm tucking the football to to punch it into the end zone. Jesus is my main guy. He is my ride or die. You know why? Because he rode and he died for you and for me. And now he's asking you and me, are you ride or die? Or are you more ride than die when COVID came to knock? Are you more ride than die when Corona came knocking? Or are you ride or die all the time? Paul was betrayed by people that he loved and he trusted Paul did not allow the chaos to rule over him. He chose the way of peace. How? Through prayer. He prayed for those who persecuted him. And here's the thing, just so you know, you know, uh, Philagius and Hermogenes, that, that, that was a, that's a hardcore story. You can also check about Demas. That's another brother that you can check on because Paul called him out too. But there was also another young man. His name was John Mark. And Paul and Barnabas were going to be traveling, but, Barnabas, but Mark had bailed out. He had bailed out on Paul before, and so Barnabas brings Mark, and, Mar- and Paul's like, uh, where's he going? And Barnabas is like, oh, he's going with us. And Paul said, no, he ain't. He said, no, he's going with us. No, he ain't. The last time he went with me, he bailed out on me. I'm not taking him this time. And Barnabas said, well, he goes or I go. Or, or, or I, he's like, he goes or I don't. And Paul said, well, peace, deuces, going to miss you. Hey, Silas, you're my new ride or die. 
And Barnabas took John Mark and went one way, and Paul took Silas and went the other because Barnabas thought that he could step up and put some hard, hard news on Paul and say, well, listen, John Mark comes or I don't, and, John, and Paul's like, I'm going to miss you. But the story doesn't end there. See, this is what I love about the Bible. Later in Paul's letters, he would write about a young man named John Mark. And it wasn't he deserted me like Philagius and Hermogenes. No. You know what he said? He said, would you send John Mark to me? Because he brings me great comfort. Would you send John Mark to me? You see, John Mark went with Barnabas and he performed at a high level. He, he didn't quit. He didn't let his proximity prevent his purpose. He stayed the course. And you know what happened? He became a major asset to Paul's ministry. And, and Paul said, hey, when you send John Mark, tell him to send some cloaks and have him send some of my writing supplies. But when he comes, will you just send him to me because he blesses me? You see, sometimes you and I have got to know how to love and forgive. I said sometimes you have to know how to love and forgive even when you've been abandoned. Maybe you didn't get something right during this struggle. Okay, choose the way of love now. Maybe you didn't get something right during this struggle. Choose the way of forgiveness now. Maybe you were betrayed. Love and forgive and move forward. Don't stay in the past and don't let your proximity prevent your purpose. Do it now. How? Through big picture living. And finally, I want you to keep in mind this. That Paul, Paul was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was arrested. He was tormented. Yet he displayed the fruit of the Spirit. You and I, we've had COVID and it's been very, very trying you and I have had coronavirus. But before that, we had other troubles. Before these troubles, we had other troubles, and it magnified some of these troubles. Paul was shipwrecked, but it didn't shipwreck his faith. Paul was, was beaten, but he didn't stay down. Paul was arrested. But he used his proximity to advance his purpose. Paul was tormented. He even, he even testifies in Corinthians that he has a thorn in the flesh that wouldn't go away. And he asked God three times and God's response was, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Let me say that to you this morning. God's grace is sufficient for you. And His power is made perfect in your weakness, in my weakness. Paul found himself in the middle of a lot. He found himself in the middle of a storm. But God delivered him. And you know what he did? He told stories about the time God delivered him from the storm. Paul found himself in a fight. And you know what? He kept swinging. And a couple times they left him for dead and drug him outside the city and thought he was dead, but he wasn't. 
He only stayed down. Paul found himself in legal troubles, but he found out he had an advocate whose name is Jesus, and he's the best advocate that you can imagine. He's a blood-bought advocate. Money can't buy him, but the blood can. He found himself in spiritual warfare. But he said, you better put on the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. You put on the armor of God. So you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He found himself in a battle with self. You can read it in Romans chapter 7. You can find he found himself in a battle with sin. But he overcame and said, who can deliver me from this? Jesus Christ. And how can I be delivered? Big picture living. Life in the Spirit. You need to read Romans 8. Paul displayed the fruit of the Spirit. How? By trusting in Jesus. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking envy with each other. Paul found himself in the middle a lot, but he had big picture living. He understood that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That Jesus Christ died on a cross for Paul's sin, so he didn't stay wallowing in his sin. That God raised Jesus back to life. There was a resurrection, and though his enemies may take his life, they could never take his eternal life. Death may come and grab him, but it couldn't keep him because of Jesus. And then he also knew that Jesus was preparing a place for him. And he longed for that. Christian tradition tells us that as Paul was led to his beheading, he was led by guards that he had won to Jesus. And he was excited about getting to see Jesus. That's kind of crazy, right? But not for Paul. Because Paul had said earlier to the Corinthians, I want to be with Jesus so bad, but if I have to stay here a little bit longer for you, I will. But my heart is to be with Jesus. I consider all this nothing just to see my Jesus. He said, I've been poured out like a drink offering. I'm good. I'm ready to see God whenever God wants but not a day sooner or not a day later in God's time. How could he do that? Through faith in Jesus. Big picture living. Do you have big picture living? I do. There was a time I didn't. There was a time when I didn't value my life. There was a time when I had no hope beyond what was in this life, and that was hopeless. Then Jesus stepped in, and I trusted Jesus. I believed Jesus. I received the message of Jesus. I got adopted into God's very own family. You know what happened? My future opened. 
And I saw a brighter future. I could never imagine the future that God had for me these past 20 plus years that God has saved me and changed me. I could not have written this story if I tried. But here's what I know. I would not be standing here talking to you today and you today if it wasn't for Jesus. My encouragement to you today is recognize this is not the end. This is the middle. And you get to write the rest. And you can do that today by starting with giving your life to God. And watch what he'll do with that life. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, we come to you now. And Lord, your word said that if we receive Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, that you'll give us the right to be called children of God. Your word says that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your word says that if we, believe, if we repent and believe in Jesus Christ, we will be saved. Your word says that there is no other name under heaven by which men are saved but the name of Jesus. So right where you're at right now, if you want Jesus in your life, you just simply say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you died on a cross for my sin and I repent. Jesus, I believe that you were raised back to life and you defeated death. And Jesus, I believe that you are with God and you're preparing a place for me in heaven. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. And I give you my life. I know that I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. And so I put all of my hope, all of my trust, and all of my faith in you. It's in Jesus' powerful name that I pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. We've got one more Sunday like this, the 17th. And then the 24th, we will be live in the sanctuary, but we'll also be live here. And whatever services, if we're doing three services, we'll be live for all three services. If we're doing two services, we'll be live for, all, for both of those services as well. But on the 24th, we will have human beings in this sanctuary, and we are excited about that. So we're looking forward to that. Be praying for us. I know some of you cannot. Please do not feel guilty. That's why we're doing this. You're a part of our family. And if you can't be here, we do not want you to be here if you're vulnerable. Know that we love you. But for those that are planning, help us. Help us help you so we can love and serve you. Let me bless you. Father, I just pronounce a blessing over each and every person. I pray that you watch over them, that you keep them safe, that you keep them protected. God, I pray that wherever their feet touch, that the gospel of Jesus Christ will be lived. And I pray, God, that their proximity 
will not prevent their purpose, but instead it will propel them into their purpose. It's in Jesus' name I pronounce this blessing. And all God's people who received it said, Amen and Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week, 9.15, right here. Same bat time, same bat channel.